Jason, uh, last messages for our listeners moving into 2022. One, get cool socks. They're cozy. I'm telling you, they do wonders for the day and uh, and just the staying power. So that's that's make sure you get some cool socks if you get a chance. Hello and welcome to On the Grid, Z Prime's podcast about important issues regarding energy, cities, and much more. I'm your host, Ricky Murray. Welcome. Today we're kicking off a new season of On the Grid with the whole Z Prime crew and a new host. Hi, I'm Ricky Murray, Z Prime Senior Director of Marketing, and today the Z Prime team shares with me what's on the horizon for 2022. Get ready as we discuss energy storage, increased digital inclusion, and electrification. Oh, we even share our favorite socks that are getting us through 2022. So come on, it's time to get on the grid. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Z Prime on the Grid. I'm your host, Ricky Murray, and let me start by saying how excited I am to be your new host. Today, I'm joined by some familiar voices of the podcast, my fellow Z Prime crew. First, we have Jason Rodriguez, CEO. Jason, how are you today? I'm doing great, Ricky. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, indeed. Also joining us today is Aaron Otan, Senior Director of Research Programs. Aaron, how's your January been so far? Hey, Ricky. Um, It's been good so far. I'm happy to be back on the podcast. It's been a while since I've done this, but glad Glad to be back. Glad to be here with you. And I'm excited for our conversation today. Nice. Likewise. And we also have Joyce Dooley, Senior Research Analyst at Z Prime, joining us. Joyce, it's currently Thursday. Are you excited about the weekend? I'm terribly excited about the weekend. I get to go up to the farm and visit with my mom and her animals. So very much looking forward to getting some time with baby goats. Oh, baby goats. I remember you sending those photos to us um, way like in March or something, I believe. Baby goats. Yes. Well, you know, we're about a month into 2022. Uh, We've already had so many exciting things happen to us this year. Um, What's been probably the most exciting thing that's happened to you so far? Um, Erin, let's start with you. Thanks, Ricky. Yeah, I guess the most exciting thing so far is that I came back to work. Um, (laughs) I had been out for about three and a half months on maternity leave. Um, but I think I mentioned to you all that, you know, I was still, I still found myself listening to my regular energy podcast, keeping up with energy industry news. So I really, you know, found that I actually do really enjoy this industry. It's not just work for me. It's something I'm really interested in. And, um, yeah, it's good to be back with you all and getting back, jumping back into, um, getting to talk about these exciting things happening in the industry. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting times. Uh, Joyce, what about you? What's What's been the most exciting thing for you this January? Honestly, the project that we're talking about for 2022 is incredibly exciting. Um, we've got some stuff happening down in San Antonio that's coming up in April. That's going to be really great. Um, we've got some other cool startup things planned for the year. Um, so just really looking forward to reconnecting with our clients in the new year and seeing what else we can make happen. Of course, 2022, I think it's going to be a good year. I think Jason, what about you? you know, two things. One, just the, this excitement, enthusiasm from some of these investment grant projects getting kicked off from the administration. Those are already on their way to getting, you know, shovel ready and getting projects going. So that's very exciting that 
that didn't take too long. So that's number, and number two is it just re rediscovering a new sock, a new sock kind of a, uh, I, I, I guess uh, affection that I from from some new style socks that I got Pringle socks, Jaw socks, Rocky socks. I have to show them one day, but yeah, that was like a pleasant surprise for New Year. And the smallest little things, as you guys know me, I'm clingy. I have my habits, and I keep them. So I think this is gonna stick. Did you get Baby Yoda socks? Oh no, but when they do have them, uh, uh, I will look. Yeah, yeah, I'm we're on. I'm on the hunt now. Now we know. Aaron, got to take some nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know you can get socks made that have like your face on them or a pet's face? <laughs> what? I need this. But just just to go down the sock rabbit hole a little bit, what's unique about these? Why is the 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 texture? I think it's some type of nylon mix. So unlike uh, cotton socks, uh, where there's just the lastingness to it. So you can work out with them and not feel like, oh, I got to change it right away if you need to run errands or something like that or walk around the house further up. So there's something about the texture this to, for a sock plug there. Nice. Joyce, are you a sock fan? Do you have any fun socks? I do. Um, a friend of mine got me, um, for those of you that watch The Office, um, when Kevin brings in the chili pot and he drops it, um, someone got me <laughs> chili pot socks uh, from the office. <laughs> love, it, love it, love it. Great episode. Mm. Need more Kevin. More Kevin. We do need more Kevin. <laughs> so at Z Prime, we talk a lot about a wide range of topics, you know, socks, um, Kevin on the office, but we also do more technical speaking. We, you know, we talk about utilities and energy and smart cities and connected communities and emerging trends. Um, you know, it's a lot of ground we cover. Being that we are now at the end of January, moving into the rest of 2022, what are some new emerging techs or advancements that you're the most excited about, Jason? The big one, the big one, which is probably not a surprise on the energy side, is going to be energy storage. And and for us at Z Prime, been here a little longer. We've been talking about storage and DERs for a long time, and so like the buzz that EVs has seen over the last two to three years, so energy storage to be so widely talked about is is really really exciting, and and seeing not just it's not just lithium, it's, it's, it's across the board, long duration storage, there's big companies that are doing some amazing things and projects going in the ground. So that's, that's the big one in, in how that technology evolves and how we use it and leverage it to really meet these uh, decarbonization goals. That's to me, that's the one that, that sticks out as, as a true, true game changer that, that hopefully we hear a lot more about in, in 2022. Yeah, definitely. So I've been at DPRIM for about five six years, I think, actually. Um, and I remember one of the first conferences I attended was with you, Aaron, um, and energy storage. We were talking about energy storage in Mexico and how they had no investment in it at the time and they had zero energy storage. And so now, six years later, you're right, it is nice to see that we're casting a much wider net amongst people. So uh, Joyce, what about you? What are some things that are really exciting for you on the 2022 outlook? 
Yeah. So, you know, um, the pandemic over the last two years really highlighted inequities in communities, particularly amongst digital inclusion as work from home policies and, you know, um, school from home, you know, initiatives happened. So on that front, the SEC actually committed an additional $361 million to their emergency connected connectivity fund um, for schools and libraries. So the total for that fund is about $4.2 billion. So we're going to be seeing some more investments that are happening um, on that front. So a lot of digital inclusion efforts um, through access, uh, digital literacy, and support for low-income users. Um, the, like the San Antonio uh, Connectivity Roadmap Plan that's uh, Marina Gavito is rolling forward. U.S. Ignite has a really cool program working with Detroit's Community Tech Project and 123Net. They're targeting a specific neighborhood in Detroit over the next year to roll out sustainable connectivity solutions. And then um, really quickly, you know, the engagement with citizens is another thing that's top of mind for cities and really reaching them in new ways. Um, there's a particularly cool uh, Canadian startup called CocoFlow that has a couple of different platforms for cities to choose from. Um, there's smart transportation, smart bylaws, which is really cool and interesting, smart development, and smart living applications. Um, so definitely be on the lookout to see more things from CocoFlow. Nice. And what a fun name. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, for those that don't know, we have a start at ETS competition that we host every year. And so, um, Startups are some of our jam at C Prime, and we're very excited to see the latest innovations that the community that the startup community has to offer. And it's exciting news. Thanks, Joyce. Uh, what about you, Aaron? What uh, What are you excited about for twenty twenty two? Um, I love what Joyce just said, especially about libraries. I'm excited to hear that news. But um, so for me, the other day I was on a walk. Uh, on one of my favorite parts of the hike and bike trail in downtown Austin. And I'd stop to look out at the water. You know, it's really pretty, really gorgeous. But I kept hearing all this loud traffic from the highway not too far away. And I started thinking about how one of the best outcomes of electrifying transportation is going to be quieter streets. Um, so especially when it comes to freight, like, semi-trucks, long-haul trucks, and airplanes. Um, that's one of the things that I'm really excited about. And, you know, I've been an advocate for EVs a long time now, but it does seem like we're sort of on the cusp of electrifying or making heavy vehicles like trains or trucks and planes, either electrifying them or making them cleaner with hydrogen fuel cells. Um, so there's still lots of challenges, obviously, cost is a big one. Um, with hydrogen, there's not really a supply chain of infrastructure in place yet. Um, but other countries, especially Chile, have mapped out a hydrogen strategy. Um, in Europe, they're doing that. With batteries, um, you know, the batteries that have to power these trucks and planes are really, really heavy. But there was a study that came out of Berkeley last year saying that the total cost of ownership could actually be about $200,000 cheaper for electric long haul trucks versus a diesel truck. Um, and I had a conversation last week with someone at Hitachi Energy and they're looking at battery technology for heavy duty, heavy duty vehicles. Um, so it excites me that people are actively 
working on solving these challenges. Um, and then one other note on the aviation side, um, I think it'll be a while before commercial or you know large cargo aircraft are electrified, but we've done a bit of research on this at Z Prime in the past, um, but shorter regional flights and even urban air mobility like an air taxi service could be an opportunity for electrification. Um, there's some companies out there that are you know, working on these services. One I'm most familiar with is called Lilium, and they've actually got an electric jet and are developing more than 10 what they call vertiports, where their air aircraft will take off, land, and charge. Um, they're developing, developing these across the state of Florida. So I'm definitely excited to keep an eye on what's happening there in that space. We are electrifying everything, just <laughs> everything for every form of mobility. I'm excited for it. What is an air taxi? Um, so that would be like an on-demand service. So if someone wanted to go from Tampa to Orlando in Florida right now, that would be about uh, at least a two hour drive, um, probably longer with traffic and, you know, depending on which part of the cities you're going to. But um, with this air service that, that Lilium is saying they can offer a, a, a 30 minute flight from Tampa to Orlando. So it'd be an on demand service, basically like hailing a taxi on the side of the road or an Uber, I guess, these days. <laughs> In the air. So a literal air taxi. You are yeah, right. Exactly how you said it. Thank you. <laughs> Air taxi for me seems kind of like a tech that maybe a few years ago, if I heard that, I'd be like, well, that sounds strange. I don't know if that's going to work. What are some maybe tech advancements, good or bad, that have surprised you in the like past? Uh, Joyce, do you want to start? Sure. I mean, I don't think that we can be talking about things in 2022 in terms of technology advancements if we don't mention NFTs. Um, I think that I shouldn't have been surprised at how much people were gravitating towards NFTs, but it did kind of shock me a little bit, especially because it's so nascent, um, particularly in relation to what's happening in the metaverse. So I think it's too soon to tell whether or not NFTs are really good or bad. Um, but the applications for NFTs is, you know, it's pretty interesting uh, to see how people are moving in that space. Um, and so quickly. You know who loves NFTs? Twitter. Um, everyone who I follow on Twitter, okay, maybe not everyone. A lot of people I follow on Twitter are NFT enthusiasts right now. So yeah, uh, Jason, what about you? Any surprising, any tech surprised you over the recent years? I would say what surprised me like mo most recently would be the, let's say social media's ability to garner attention towards towards tech trends, I mean, Joyce just talked about one one or two, and 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 there are several, and but, but the one I'll point out specifically is is the the, the fight going on in, in California, the policy fight going on about the net metering, and and seeing the solar community, you know, really bring bring a voice to put pressure on the utilities to really allow customers. To take full advantages of the benefits of, of, of residential solar, so that's that that's been a, a nice, a pleasant surprise just to see 
this rapid rise uh, and really le leveraging social media channels to put pressure on the PUC and utilities to push back against some of the, the net metering charges they were trying to uh, put in place that was gonna really, really disadvantage residential solar. Now there's a whole conversation about what that, what that means and where that goes, but uh, it, just the way to be able to gather so many of just everyday citizens to be behind that was, has been a, a good surprise. Yeah, there's a lot of groups on social media who definitely, who they do crowd together. And I think, you know, when you have a good collective voice together with a solid mission and, you know, real change can happen. So I agree with you. Um, I work in marketing though. So I love anything social media. Uh, Aaron, uh, what about you? What, any recent trends for you? Um, so I'm gonna follow up to what Joyce said. Um, I think, yeah, the, the NFT explosion has really surprised me. Um, I think just from the little bit of research that I've done on them, I mean, I'm definitely not in that world. I don't quite understand them yet. I don't own <laughs> any, any NFTs yet. Um, but the thing that's sort of drawing more interest for me in them is this, and it kind of touches on what you mentioned too, Jason, but, but um, just the fact that people are starting to build communities around NFTs. Um, they're doing some sort of cool things like adding what they call a utility to an NFT. So adding some sort of asset in addition to just the digital piece. So something like access to um, online communities that only an only owners of a specific creator's art would have access to. Um, and I, I'm kind of dating myself, but it sort of reminds me of, you know, when I was in college and like the mid, mid aughts, <laughs> I guess we call them. Um, there were bands or musicians that really took advantage of the internet and they created these communities for their for their fans where they, you know, people could pay a small fee and then have access to um, message boards, early releases for shows, um, special editions of, of albums, early access to albums, things like that. And they could really make a good living by having a few hundred or thousand fans that were, you know, paying a small fee. They were these sort of super fans. Um, I think streaming music sort of killed <laughs> that model, but but this whole thing around NFTs and their communities is um, sort of reminding me of that era. And then one other side note on that, um, I'm pretty sure that one of the bands that I was a big fan of in college actually invented uh, crowdfunding in like 2005 before it was actually a thing because they, um, you know, they were trying to get an album made and they offered, they asked their fans to contribute and offered, um, you know, a copy of the CD once the album was made. Plus they would have their name listed in the liner notes if you contributed like $25 or something. So um, they did get it made, I contributed. And so my name is in the liner notes of a Chris McCarty band CD out there somewhere. <laughs> You're an artist. I'm excited. Um, you know who actually is super into NFTs when it first started, or not when it first started, uh, Burger King. Uh, Burger King launched a campaign, I think last September with NFTs where you could scan their QR codes and their restaurants and 
get like these collectible items. And um, I just remember seeing it on Twitter, people saying, why can't Burger King give me a free year of Burger King instead of a collectible item? So I think there's maybe a few kinks to work out with NFTs. So, you know, we talk about some pretty technical things um, at Z Prime. So whether it be an industry practice or the culture of the industry that we work in, uh, what's one change that you would love to see in 2022? And more importantly, what first steps could maybe our listeners take to drive that? Jason, do you want to kick us off? Sure. The one, the one I would say to zero in on is just the whole upskilling. Upskilling the workforce is is key, and, and really putting the same type of hype and enthusiasm behind that as we have uh, with innovation, with electric vehicles, with any of these digital technologies. You see a lot of uh, coalescing and stakeholder alignment with to drive big ideas around those those areas. But this upskilling issue it is is key and fundamental, not just to making sure people aren't being left behind, but also making sure we have the work, that people actually do the work to implement all these really uh, disparate technologies and new technologies. You're, you're just gonna really need a new workforce and it should start with training your, your people within the utilities, uh, within technology companies. And this isn't just a, a utility. I think utilities are very familiar and cities with getting bashed over the head of, Hey, you're not, you're not keeping your talent, but this this directly applies to big tech companies, your traditional tech firms, and they need to re, rethink of how they bring those employees to the table. And then the last point is the education sector needs to really be a part of that upskilling. And it's a, a fundamental rethinking of how you educate and bring folks into the workforce. The traditional four-year model, even community college to some extent, is probably not going to happen fast enough for us to meet the needs to, to really re- meet these goals when it comes to transformation, that cities, utilities, uh, you can't do this without a workforce that's engaged and, and really understands, because uh, if not, you just leave, everyone gets left behind and, and then projects fall behind, obviously. And, and that, that's gonna lead us to a place where I don't think any of us want to go. Yeah, definitely. Really essentially in, yeah, investing in tomorrow, today. Joyce, what about you? What are what are some changes you think you'd like to see and how can we start them? Yeah, so um, one of the biggest ones is the relationships between uh, industry providers and cities. I know that long sales cycles and delays due to COVID-19 and a few other things have really slowed smart city sales in a lot of ways and ramped up in some areas um, more than others. But I know um, a lot of cities really struggle with the vendor relationships and how they connect within their communities. And so it's a little bit of a chicken and egg thing because for cities to engage with vendors, there's just really strict you know, avenues in which they can really do that. Um, though creative programs are starting to happen more and more. Um, but from the industry side, I know that like real customer education or like market research and like helping cities better understand the communities that they're in to better serve those communities would probably be a better approach, but that just requires a shift in thinking from how a lot of sales departments operate. And so I would love to see just stronger ties between industry and cities getting these solutions off the ground and implemented. Right. In education, we, um, whenever I used to, previously I worked in education, I worked at a high school for um, seven years. And when we would have 
parents who we really wanted to connect with or family members, we used to always say, no, we need to meet the community where they are. They're not meeting us where we are. We need to really meet them where they are and really just make yourself accessible. So yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, Aaron, what about you? What are, what are your thoughts for changing in 2022? Um, yeah, so this, I think has been sort of trendy and buzzwordy, but I do think it's important and would really like to see more diversity in leadership and energy. The industry overall is very male dominated, but I am seeing more women in the industry at the top. It's still very male and <laughs> very white. Um, I do think Texas of all places a little is a little bit unique, especially in the number of women CEOs, at least at utilities throughout the state. Um, and it would just be great to see more of that diversity in the industry overall, which I think we're really lucky at Z Prime because we have you leading us, Jason. You know, there are not very many non-white Hispanic people leading organizations in the industry. And in the almost six years now that I've been here, um, getting a broad range of speakers at our events has really been a priority. So it's not new for us, even though we could still improve and do, do things better. And, you know, we've also got a broad range of perspectives and voices within our organization, um, which I think just makes us better. And I would just like to see that at other organizations across the industry. I agree. You know, diverse ideas come from diverse voices and, you know, you can't, you can't have one without the other. And so I, I couldn't agree more. We're about wrapping up on time. And so my last question for all of you, if our listeners can take one thing away from our conversation today, what would you want them to remember as we move forward into 2022? Aaron, let's go to you first. Um, yeah, I think just all the different things happening in the industry and there's there's a lot happening, a lot to be excited about. Um, if you know people are still kind of looking for their one thing to specialize in or be excited about, it's it's out there. So just keep being curious, keep doing your research, and keep talking to people in the industry and sharing ideas. Nice, Joyce. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I know that there's a lot of fatigue setting in um, and a lot of apprehension as inflation is kind of on the rise, um, as supply chain issues are occurring across global markets, that it can be really easy to feel weighed down um, by that. But there is also a lot of really exciting things, to Aaron's point, that are happening across sectors that I think brings hope. And so, you know, just want to encourage and remind people that like we are moving through this together, that there is a lot of hope on the horizon and this will get figured out um, and that we're here to help, you know, um, whether that's a partnership or otherwise, like Z Prime's here to support our customers and partners and communities as best we can. So let's just move on together. You know, it's 32 degrees outside right now and you've just made my whole insides feel warm. <laughs> so I, so I agree. Uh, Jason, uh, last messages for our listeners moving into 2022. One, get cool socks. They're cozy. Those, those make your, they, I'm telling you, they do wonders for the day. And 
uh, and just the staying power. So that's that's make sure you get some cool socks if you get a chance. Number two is, yeah, invite people in. Like invite people in if anything from this conversation. Invite new people to conversations and, and, and let them listen in on the things you're working on. Invite them to a, a podcast, a webinar, share share with them the things you're doing uh, because we, we need to bring new folks in across the spectrum across gender diversity. We only get that is, is by inviting them in uh, and, and welcoming them welcoming them into this conversation. Uh, we can get lost in the technical and, and trying to be the expert and, and trying to sound like we, you know, we're in the know, but it, it, the change is, is, is only going to come with when you bring new voices into that because they can, they can go to the problem that Joyce just mentioned. Uh, they can see a problem a different way and, and help us solve it. And that's that's needed now more than ever. I couldn't agree more. So pretty much all of your answers really are about unity and being together and sharing collective community and really just looking out for each other. And I think that that's just such an important message for everyone as we move forward into 2022. And I want to thank all three of you for joining us today. It was a great conversation with all three of you. Before we leave, uh, where can we, if for people who want to stay up to date with you, uh, where can we find you? Where can we stay up to date with you, Joyce? Hey, Ricky. Yeah, so I'm pretty active on uh, LinkedIn. Um, you can find me at, you know, linkedin.com, Joyce Dooley, D-E-U-L-E-Y, and uh, at J-E Dooley uh, on Twitter. Nice, nice. Erin Otan, what about you? You can also find me on LinkedIn and Twitter as well at Erin Otan, A-U-T-I-N. And Jason, what about you? Your LinkedIn is really where everyone should be. Yeah, you can find me there or in the socks section of, uh, of websites or stores. You guys know where to look. Or, or the energy drink section is always a good place to, to find me if you're really interested. Harnessing all powers of energy. Well, yes, thanks again, guys, for joining me today. Um, this is a great conversation. And until next time, bye, guys. Thank you. All. Thank you. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us today and you for listening along. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in joining us on the grid, email us at info at zprime.com. For updates, please be sure to follow us on LinkedIn at zprime and on Twitter at zprime underscore research. This episode was produced by Ricky Murray and edited by Aria Levanti. Cover art is designed by Mia Dance.